0: Amen. And you may be seated this morning. I think we could go ahead and have an invitation. and Call it a day. I don't know that you need me at all this morning. As far as I'm concerned, I think we could, we could sing How Great Thou Art and call it a day. And we're good for the rest of the month. I don't know. but It's one of my favorite songs. Thank you for the set of music tonight, to, today. Did you enjoy it? Good, 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 good. I want to say thank you to many who stepped in and did different things, maybe a little bit more than normal or different than normal. And I know John leading worship and Alan stepping up and speaking and and doing different things. Those that spoke in the evening service, uh, John with the ushers. And just thank you so much if you were a part of filling in any gap that was um, gone or that was there while I would, my wife and I and our family were able to take a time away. But thank you so much. And um, I, I always hate leaving, obviously, but it's, it's necessary. But it's always good to know that things were, were handled while we were gone and I didn't get phone calls of everything falling apart. And those are good. I hope you enjoyed the speakers. I know I was told that the first gentleman who came, Josh... Um, was supposed to come on staff and uh, I didn't I was basically I got a lot of positive feedback from him and that I was supposed to hire him on the staff so that's what that meant for those of you that stared at me like what but um, no Josh uh, I I met him a number of months back and so I was um, excited that that he was able to come and then Kevin last week and so thank you so much for 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 being here and thank you for those that stepped up in different ways in which you normally do while I was gone. And so I am very excited to be back in town, um, be back and, and standing here and speaking to you. And this is, this is my family. You are my family and, and it's good to be home. And so I, I'm excited for the, the things that are going on at Oasis. I'm going to just kind of mention a couple things before we really get too much into the service or the sermon here, but, I, I, as I went away on vacation for those couple of weeks that we were able to be gone, I, there was a number of things that kind of led and, and have been going on, and and I haven't publicly mentioned a lot of those things, and we'll do that in, in the, the months to come, but there's a lot of stuff that you may not Know or realize it's taking place, and we've been meeting. And I say we. There's been about a group of about twenty of us that meet about once a month. And we've been going over our uh, mission statement and vision statements, and and core values and things that we're doing. And I'm like biting at the bit to be able to give some of that stuff to you. And then we just got done with Vacation Bible School, which was awesome. And we're getting ready. And I know it sounds weird. We just ended Awana, but we're amping up for Awana to come in the next month and a half as we've got new people getting involved in that. And there's a lot of stuff that's taking place. I'm I'm really excited about what's going on with our missions. And um, if you did not know, we're we're doing a project in Guatemala where there's a number of different things that are taking place there with a a water well and a, a playground and some other things for an orphanage out there. And we're getting ready also to go there. So if you're Um, interested in that please sign up at the welcome center I'd love to get you more involved and get you some information as to how you can join with us and go on that trip but there's a lot of stuff that's going on and I know I'm just kind of hitting on some things but I'm just excited to be real honest I'm excited my wife let's say this I did very good for about a week and a half not talking about church and if you don't know, that's really good for me because this is kind of my life. This is what I do. And so my wife was proud of me. She has told me that because I think I think on vacation we talked about church like two or three times and she was like, wow, that's pretty good. Usually it takes me about three or four days to even get on vacation. But uh, it was about Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week that I said, I- I'm ready to go back to work. And so I've been kind of, I'm excited, I'm amped up, I'm ready to go, and I'm, I'm really excited. If you're a guest here, or if you've been here maybe while I was gone, I just want to say this. I pray and I hope that you would get on board and see what God is about to do at Oasis Baptist Church. If you have been here for any length of time... And maybe you're kind of sitting back waiting to see what's going to happen. Can I encourage you, jump on and find out what God is doing. There's some really neat things that are taking place and, and all of the stuff. I can't wait to present the mission statement. Um, I already know it. A group of us know it. And I'm trying to be nice and good and present that in a proper manner. And the, the vision I, I've written out. A number of things to go through with the vision statements and things and I'm excited to be able to present that to our church and so I pray that you would just continue on board with us and 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 just jump on and see what God's about to do and uh that's my commercial for the morning until announcements and then Nathan will give you commercials but no I'm excited to be back and I'm excited for the series that we're starting this morning Jesus real encounters of the man and what we're going to talk about for the next this week and the next four weeks is Jesus and we're going to talk about specific encounters that Jesus had with people with the disciples with the gatherings and and I'm excited what one of the things as I've started studying and I've been knowing that we're going to go into this direction for a number for a number of weeks, probably close to a month or so. but one of the things as I've kind of looked into this, the thing that's really really exciting and awesome to me is that Jesus Kind of showed up at places and times when we would all go. What? He just showed up at a random times. So this morning we're going to be in John chapter two, and and we're going to talk about. And it was mentioned, it was sung about a little bit there in the one song. Water you turned into wine. We're going to talk about Jesus and how. Jesus was at a wedding and him and some of his disciples and his mother were at this wedding and, and he took the water and he turned it into wine. Jesus just happened to be invited. They didn't invite Jesus to the wedding to turn the water into wine. That wasn't why Jesus was at a wedding. He was just at a celebration. It was something that they do. It was, it was a, a festivity. It was In those days, praise God we don't do this, it was a week-long celebration for a wedding praise god could you like seriously could you imagine could you imagine being the mother or the father i have three girls if we had to do a week-long celebration for each one of those kids disowned (laughs) but no they would celebrate for like a week and it was a huge festivity and it was a big thing and jesus was invited with a couple of his disciples to be a part of that But one of the things that just kind of jumped out at me, and and we'll get into this with each of the weeks that's coming, is these weren't necessarily a place. Jesus didn't go to a location and say, all right, guys, go out and invite everybody that you can and bring them in because I'm going to show them something really cool. I think that's kind of what we do. We say, all right, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. And on this particular Sunday, we're going to do this really, really, really big event, and we're going to do all these things, and and Oasis is going to do something really cool. Go out and invite everybody, bring them in, and they're going to see something really cool. No, it was just an everyday event. Jesus happened to be there, and there was a need, and Jesus filled the need. And we'll talk about that this morning. But do you realize that's every day in all of our lives? If you follow me on Facebook or any of those things, or if you follow the church on Facebook, it was about, I think a week and a half ago, I posted something on Facebook and I said, where were you when you encountered Jesus? Where were you when you encountered Jesus? Some of you, it may have been one of those events. Maybe it was Oasis, maybe it was somewhere else, but there was a pastor, there was a church that was doing something big and they said, hey, go invite all your friends, bring them in and we're going to see what happens and some of you may have gotten saved through that situation but my guess is that many of you it was from a family friend a family family member it was from a friend it was from a circumstance it was from something outside of one of those big events it was just that Jesus was where you were at the time And he knew exactly what you needed, and he gave it to you. I didn't ask Murray, but Murray, I'm going to announce what you posted. Murray posted on Facebook and kind of answered that. He was the only one. Thank you, Murray. I appreciate that. But what he posted was it was at work in a parking lot when a group of people that he had known had encountered him. And talked to him and eventually got him to study and look. <clears throat> it was in a parking lot. Is that right? It was a parking lot, midnight, I think it said, after work. That wasn't a big event, I'm assuming, unless your work is different than most. It wasn't a big event, but it was an event that he'll never forget. Do you realize your event, your moment where Jesus came, where Jesus encountered you probably wasn't one of those huge events. It wasn't where Jesus said, hey, come, 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 watch. I'm going to do a miracle. Boom. Now Jesus was there and he gave you just what you needed. And in this passage and the other passages that we'll look at, Jesus is going to show up and Jesus is going to do what Jesus does and he's going to perform the miracle, so to speak, or the sign. And if we look at John chapter 2, before we get into the, the message too much in, in the introduction here, if we look at John chapter 2 and verse number 11, Jesus gives the answer as to why he did what he did. This is the first miracle that Jesus does. Or if, you, if you're version of the Bible and and actually in John it's about 17 or so times John uses the word signs and not miracles and John specifically doesn't use miracle throughout the whole book of of John actually and there's different meanings and we're not going to go into that but in John chapter 2 and verse 11 it says this, this beginning of miracles or signs did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Jesus performed the sign, or Jesus performed the miracle for one specific reason, to bring forth or to manifest forth His glory, and based on that, again, this was just the beginning. If you were to go back in John chapter number one, just shortly before that, and at the very beginning, I'm going to get too far into this, but it says in verse number one, in the third day, the third day being, He had just invited one of the disciples three days ago to be a follower, to be a disciple of Christ. This is the very, very kind of beginning of Jesus' ministry. And so he is stating here, John states here, that the miracle was performed, the sign was performed to show his glory, and it says, because of that, his disciples believed on him. Now, I don't know, like I stated, I don't know where you were when Jesus came and showed himself, had the encounter with you, but this is, I'm going to say this and then we'll get into the the the, the bulk and the, the crux of the message here this morning, but in this passage it says in verse number 11, his disciples believed on him. I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to guess most of you would say, yeah, I've had a moment where I believed on him. How many of you this morning would say, there was a moment in my life I believed on Him? Most of us. Let me take you to this. As I was doing my study, on that particular phrase right there, it says this. The thought behind this phrase is that of unreserved transfer of trust from oneself to someone else. Let me ask you this question again. Has there been a moment in your life that you didn't just believe on him, but that you had unreserved transfer of trust from oneself from you to someone else, and this someone else being God Almighty? This isn't just, well, I went to church and I believe there's a God. This was, I put everything that I had and I trusted wholly in Him, unreserved, no doubt, no questions. He is the God, He is the Lord, He is everything to me. The disciples did that on that day after Jesus manifo- manifested forth His glory, is what it says in verse number 11. They had an encounter with The living God. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I had to stop and go, Aaron, has there been a time where you unresolvedly, unreserved, with no questions, with nothing behind it, said, God, here I am. I'm putting all of my trust, all of my belief, everything into you. We just sang the song, It Is Well With My Soul, which I could pretty much sing all day, all night. It doesn't matter. I love that song. But it says what? When my faith shall be sight?" There's going to come a day when what I believe in and who Jesus Christ is, all of those things, the clouds will be rolled back and I will see with my eyes. We talked about it in our Sunday school class this morning. There will come that day when I will see without a shadow of a doubt, man, that's what I've been hoping for. This is what I've been longing for. And in this point and what he's saying is those men basically believed without any doubt that that is the faith and that is what I'm putting my faith and trust in. You know what is awesome as a Christian? Is that I can put my faith wholeheartedly in God. I don't have to see him. I trust that he is who he says he is. I believe that he is who he says he is. And one day, I will get to see. If you've been here this week, My mom's posted on Facebook pictures of the sky and we were swimming the other day and just looking up the sunsets and the the clouds and it's been incredible. It's beautiful. We were in San Diego last week. Anybody been tent camping? How about tent camping with four kids under 10? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we did on vacation. No, but we had an awesome time, but one of those days we went to Mission Beach, and on Mission Beach we just watched the sun set. I could watch the ocean. I could listen to the ocean all day, forever, and ever, and ever, and ever. I love the water. But we just sat there. Without letting our kids go in the sand because they were already clean and we didn't want that mess. If you you know or if you've been if you've got kids and you've been there, you understand. But we sat there and just watched the sun as it was here and just kind of set down below the ocean where you couldn't see it anymore, and we're like, man, that's beautiful. you tell the kids, man, look at God is so amazing. Do you know one day when the clouds will be rolled back as we just sung? There will be no sun. The light that we will see will be his radiance. The light that we will see will so far surpass anything that we could ever imagine with our eyes. And we will stand and we will be there and we will be part of the host that will just be crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We will be part of that in awe and in wonder because we believed in who he was. We put our faith and our trust in who he was that's exciting. I hope that's exciting to you. That's exciting to me. But as we get into this passage this morning, we're going to look at God who just, he just kind of shows up. He does something with basically nothing. And he does it over and over and over and over and over again. If we were to go back to Exodus, and I don't know if this is on the screen, but in Exodus chapter 4 and verse number 2, it says, And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Here we see Moses, way back in the Old Testament, walking with his rod. And Moses is in a situation, and God gives him a rod. What was that? It was nothing. God doesn't need something extraordinary. God needed Moses to have faith and trust in who he was. And what did he do? He used a rod for years and years and years and years and years as Moses would take that rod and Moses would strike a rock and Moses would strike the water and have the water as part. And Moses would do all these different things with the rod. If we go all throughout Scripture, we see it over and over and over again that God would show up and use something that we would all go, what is that? Some of us may look at ourselves and go, well, why would He use me? What am I? Who am I that He could do anything with me? Again, He uses us. He uses objects. He uses things to what? so forth His glory that people would believe wholeheartedly, as did the disciples in this time. As we continue to go forward and we look at this, passage of scripture here, I'm going to speak on this as it jumped out at me as I was studying. This is the thought that I want us to have as we go through the rest of this sermon this morning, is that in John chapter 2, before Jesus had taken nothing, an empty pot No more wine, nothing. He made it into wine. Before any of that, this is the thought that kind of jumped out at me. There really wasn't anyone there that knew that the wine was out. There was only a couple people that even realized or recognized that there was no more wine and that they were in need of the wine. And again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going back to culture and those things with the Jewish culture. But in those days, if you were to host a party or a festivity or a celebration, if you wanted to die socially, you would run out of food or drink. Now, if you come to my house and we run out of food and drink, I'm going to apologize to you, but my social life is not over. You may never come back. You're like, that dude's cheap. <laughs> he gave us one piece of cheese and one piece of bread. He wouldn't even give up his own Coke. He made us drink water, which is true. If you come to my house, the Coke is mine. Just No, I'm just kidding. However, in those days, it was very much part of the culture. If you're going to do, you don't run out. And it's pretty much our culture too. We don't want that. But it was social suicide basically and so Mary came, but here's what just jumped out at me, is that no one, it says later, the governor, he, Jesus told them to take the wine and give it to the governor, which is the, the ceremony of the, the party, so to speak, the master of ceremonies or whatever, but he didn't even know that there was none. No one really knew. And so as we go through this morning, I want us to take a look, as I ask the question, where were you when you encountered Jesus? I want us to think in our own lives, So many times prior to you coming to know Jesus Christ, you never knew what you needed and who he was. When you were lost, you didn't realize that you were lost in need of a Savior until it was presented to you. How many times in our lives we go, Oh, I never realized that until somebody brought it to our attention. And I believe as we go through this passage of Scripture, I'm going to do my best to bring this forth to you, but there's so many things throughout this passage that they never knew until somebody brought it to their attention. And in our own lives... You may not understand. You may not realize the emptiness that's inside. You may never have known the need that you had for a Savior. You may have been completely lost and unknowing of all the things that you needed. And then when somebody brought it to your attention, it was the light bulb that went off. And now all of a sudden, oh my word, I need this. Many of us sit here today and you're thirsty. You've done everything that you've can. You don't understand why this happened or why that happened or why the illness or why the financial troubles or all of these different things and why and why and why and why and why and And then as God speaks to you and as God shows you whether it's through his word or through a teacher or through a family member or through whatever it is and all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and you go, oh, it isn't God's fault. How many times I've heard people, I just can't go back I can't go back to church. I can't do this or I can't do that. Nobody really understands what I'm going through. And then months, for some years down the road, something opens their eyes and they they realize God never left, but they left God. But we say all along, well, God did this to me, and God did that to me, and I can't see how God would do this, and why would God allow that in my life, and why would God, and why would God, and why would God, and so many times we just don't understand. We're in church. Why would God let this happen to me? Just like at this point in time in these folks' life at this wedding, they never realized there was no wine. They really didn't care. They were living it up. They would never have known until they went to go get it. And many times we've never known how empty we were. We never knew and we never realized how lost we were. And we never understood until we went to go. And we're like, wait, where is it? Man, I went to go read my Bible and it was just like, I, I, this is some foreign language. I don't get it. God, why would you do this? God, why this? God, I went to church and I, I don't get it. I believe so many times and I pray that as we go through this morning, this would make sense just like these folks never even knew that there wasn't many times in our lives we never even knew how empty we were we never knew that we needed filled we never knew how lost we truly are John chapter number two and verse number one will read I told you that I've been gone for two weeks I got another hour. Are we good? Some of you are like, what? Another what? John chapter 2, verse number 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, "'Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it.'" Verse number six, "'And there were set there six water pots of stone "'after the manner of the purifying of the Jews "'containing two or three firkins apiece. "'Jesus saith unto them, "'Fill the water pots with water,' "'and they filled them up to the brim. "'And he saith unto them, "'Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, "'and they bear it. "'When the ruler of the feast "'had tasted the water that was made wine,' And knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. Again, they did not know that they took taken the water and brought it to wine. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. And manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the day. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are and for what you've done. Father, I thank you that you've brought us here this morning. And Lord, I ask that you would speak through your word. Lord, I pray maybe there is one here this morning that has never understood the emptiness that's inside of them as they've never known it. Lord, today may be a day that they come to know you as Savior. Lord, maybe there's some that's here this morning. Lord, who know you but are feeling empty, Lord, I pray that they would be filled. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. If we go in, we're going to jump right into the points this morning. The first point is this. Thirst. Again, we're at a wedding They've been doing this celebration for some time and Jesus shows up and and it's brought to Mary's attention that there wasn't any more wine. The people were without, they would be thirsty, no one noticed it, very few, according to the, the, the scripture and the study, that really nobody really knew. Let me ask you this question as I've stated it already a little bit here, but... How many times have we lived it up, had a great time, then understood how thirsty that we were? Do we realize what we do every day is we we go to work, we do what it is that we know to do, and we I don't want we I'm not saying live it up as in we're just partying and all those things, but we do what we do to fulfill what we need to fulfill, whether it's work and finances or if it's it's health or whatever it is. But many times we just go about and we do the things that we do. And we come to that place where it's just like we were able to take a vacation where you need a break, you need something, and you're just like i'm I'm in need of this I, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I'm whatever, and you go to reach for that and it's it's not yet there many of you i've I've listened to many of your stories that are in here this morning and and you have told me, man, I, before Christ, I, I worked, I, had a, I made a good living, I had a good family, I did all of these things, but I was just empty, I was, I was still thirsty for something. There was just, every time I would come to that place, I would just grasp at it, and there was just nothing there. The people that were at this wedding were about at that place. They, there wasn't anything, they just didn't realize it. At one point or another, they would have went to the place to get the wine that they needed and it would have been gone. Then they'd have gone, wait a second, I'm thirsty, I need something. And as I stated earlier, that's where many of us were. It's a picture of the world in which we live. It's a picture of a lost society that which, in which we live and not just Las Vegas and the society of Las Vegas. It's the world. It's, it's the United States. It's outside of the United States. It's, it's a world that is doing what it's supposed to do in their eyes of, of being good, of, of going to work, of making money, of doing all these things. And they get to a place in their life and they realize it's not fulfilling the thirst that I have. And they never even realized it. It's not fulfilling the thirst in which we have. Thirst is this. Thirst is simply a desire or a need. It's a desire or a need. You get so far into whatever it is that you're doing, and you're, man, I need a drink of water. We live in Las Vegas, we live in the desert. We need water. When you don't think you're thirsty, you're thirsty. We need it always. It needs to plenish us. It needs to fill us. We always have to have that. Thirst is also, if you're into to whatever you may say, I am thirsty for. If you're into sports, some, a coach or somebody may say, man, we're thirsty. We're hungry for a victory. We're hungry for a championship. We're, we're thirsty for whatever those things are. There's a desire. There's a passion. There's something in there that, man, I got to have it. And when we get thirsty, that is, it's something that we need. We took our kids to San Diego Zoo, and they walked around the zoo. If you've ever been to San Diego Zoo, holy cow, it's like walking from one end of the world to the other end of the world to see an animal in between. But man, the kids, we, you need some water. EJ's face gets all red, sweats. Hey, make sure you drink water. Make sure you drink water. There's a need there. I can look at my own life, and I don't know how many of you have addictions like I have addictions You're like, whoa, this guy's... What? I have a Coca-Cola addiction. I understand, though, that I can't just drink Coca-Cola. It probably won't be very good for my system if that was the only thing that I drank. It's probably not good for my system, though it's not the only thing that I drink. But I understand that I need to have water and other drinks so I limit myself to so many Cokes. Five or six a day. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the point. If all I did because coke tastes better to me than water, I just I don't like water. If coke was all that I drank, I would I would probably kill myself. I don't know how long it would take, but it's not good for you. I have to understand there's something else. In the world in which we live, we often drink coke As a silly, dumb analogy, I get it. But we often drink the Coke nonstop, 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 and never realize that there's a a need of, of the good stuff over here. Well, not good, but healthier. It's, we need this. In our lives, we go about forever and ever and ever and ever so many times. The world in which we live is grasping after something that they'll never attain, and if they do attain it, it's really not eternal, it doesn't last. And in this picture, we're looking at a thirst of this wine. In John chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14, it says this. It says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In John seven verse thirty seven it says In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. In Revelation twenty two, seventeen it says something very similar in the spirit and the bride say come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And the passage in this wedding, what's going on, and they did not understand the need and the thirst that they were about to have, but Jesus was presenting to them, and Jesus came when they didn't understand and when they didn't know anything. The thirst that was about to take place, we read about all throughout Scripture. The thirst that we're after is an everlasting thing. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst Again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. When we don't know we are thirsty, God has a way of providing our need. When you and I don't know that we are thirsty, God has a way of providing our need. As we look at this passage this morning, going into this thinking, man... People didn't even know that there wasn't any wine. God had a way of coming right in the midst of it and fulfilling something that they needed, but yet they never even knew that they needed it. The second point this morning is emptiness. As we continue, we look at what Jesus sees. He's looking around after the problem. The problem has been given to him That there was no wine. There was nothing there. And Jesus comes and he begins to do something. If we look in the passage, it states here in verse number 3 and 4, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now, if you and I read that in 2014, if I answered my mother like that or my wife like that, I probably would have a red mark alongside of my face in one of these regions. If I said, woman, what have I to do with thee? <laughs> what am I going to do with you? But it's, it's, and again, it's cultural. But in this day, it was actually a form of respect in, in the conversation here and as in the study that I was doing, but but as we look at Jesus looks at at, at his mom and says, Listen, you know, mine hour is he speaks and he says, Mine hour is not come. And if we were to go through the depth of this passage of scripture with mine hour is not yet come throughout all of John, there's mentioned a couple of times and throughout scripture, Jesus did everything on earth for the hour that was to come. And Jesus' mother, Mary, walks away from this setting, kind of having a different outcome, looking differently at the passage, or looking not at the passage, but at what was going on and who exactly that man was that she just spoke to, as being Jesus, the Son of Man. And she walks away and she leaves and she looks to the other people, the servants that are around her, and says, whatever he says, do it. Hey, whatever that man tells you to do, you make sure that you do it. And as we go through this and as we look, we see they did not understand the emptiness that was in front of them. How many of you have been in a place in your life where you never fully grasped the emptiness that was inside? I can raise my hands, my feet. And there's been so many times in my life where there was just an emptiness that I felt. Even as a Christian where there was just, it was something there. Just, God, I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm at. What am I doing wrong? What's this? Why this? And I don't get it. I don't feel, I don't, I'm just not feeling it. And there's just that emptiness. But we really don't understand. We don't see it. We don't feel it. Until somebody comes along. Maybe it's a, a word of encouragement. Maybe it's going to a church service and hearing a pastor speak. Whatever it is, we just there's that emptiness from circumstances. But at this time, there was an emptiness that nobody even understood or understood, and Mary went to these men and, he, and she said, "Whatever he says, do it." And these men quickly did what it was. That Jesus told them to do. I want us to look at ourselves for just a moment in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 7. Again, I don't remember if I put these on the screens, but in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 7, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 20 and 21, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth And some some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. We are a vessel. You and me are vessels. My heart is a vessel and we speak of the heart, but what is a vessel? Can I tell you a vessel is something that is fragile? A vessel is something that can be easily broken A vessel could be a pot that we would pour water in. If you drop it on the ground, it shatters. Listen, each and every one of us are vessels. Fragile. Easily sometimes pulled away in different manners because of what people say and we lose. our. We're easily hurt. Our feelings are hurt. Pastor didn't shake my hand today. He must not like me. Our feelings are hurt man, he looked at me in the wrong way. Is everything okay? She said this. Did you hear this? Our feelings are hurt. We're easily broken people. Do we all agree on that? We're easily hurt. Do you know what happens when we get hurt? The vessel, so to speak, breaks. We become empty. Oftentimes we're empty and we never realize that we're empty. We sit in the room with somebody with anger. We sit in the room with bitterness. We sit in the room with, with frustrations and with, with guilt from our past. We sit in the room with all of these things empty inside, thinking that we're doing okay because we're in a church service or thinking things are okay, but yet inside we're just empty. We're empty. Jesus was here at this time... Mary came to him and he saw, what else do I do? There was no wine. Okay, so now what do I do? And he looked over to the thing, the first thing maybe that came to his mind or the first thing that he saw were the pots. These were water pots. These were pots that people would come and in the Jewish culture again, they would wash themselves. You would go to these pots and you would wash your hands, you would wash your face, you would clean yourself up before you would go into the the family room, so to speak, or to the dining room and where you would eat, and you would clean yourselves up. They were empty. Jesus says, hey, go fill those up. Go take and and fill those to the brim. Nobody really, why do I need a full pot? We've already came in. We've already here. We're in here. We don't, we don't need those anymore. They're empty. We didn't, we don't think about that. Listen, we've come in oftentimes in our lives. We become empty and we don't ever realize it until somebody lets us know, Hey, the pots are empty until somebody walks into our life. Again, when we look at this passage, people did not know that there wasn't anything. We did not know that we are without. Many times in our lives, maybe as an unchrist or a non-believer this morning, you would say, yeah, well, I think things are okay, and I, 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 I'm doing okay, my life is pretty good, I have a great family, I'm making good money, my health is okay, blah, 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 and we go down the list, and you just don't understand why it is that you're just, you're grasping for something out there. Christians, we sit in here, and many times we we we're doing the right thing. We're in church, we give our tithes, we serve and we do this, but there's an emptiness inside, and I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm doing the right thing, but we don't understand that we're empty. Nobody understood the emptiness that was going on in that room over in that corner, and Jesus says, Hey, those pots are empty, take and fill them up. And he used his mother to the servants. The servants in obedience went and did what Jesus told them to do. Before we go to the next point, when we don't know we are empty, God sends the right person. When we don't know we are empty, God sends the right person. There's been people in my life, over and over and over, at the right time, gave me a text message. At the right time, called me on the phone. At the right time, gave me a hug. At the right time, said, Aaron, you can do it. Aaron, keep going. Aaron, it's okay. At the right time in your life, You were empty and somebody came alongside of you and shook your hand and said, hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, that lesson that you taught this morning, I don't know if anybody else got it, but it was good to me. I needed that. Hey, whatever those things are, there's been people, when you're feeling empty and you're just doing what you're supposed to do sometimes, somebody just came along. When we don't know we are empty, God sends the right person. The next point is filled There's a people that are thirsty that don't even know it. There's a people that are empty that don't even know it. And then we look at here. There was a command that was given and they obeyed and there was a filling. We're about to the point where the sign or the miracle was about to take place. And we know the story. We understand it. But as we go through this passage, as we look at this, there was nothing in the pots. Now there's water in the pot. However, there's still no wine, right? Before there can be wine, there needs to be a filling. Before a miracle can take place, there needs to be a filling. And as we look at this, the water that was poured into those things, this is just kind of a short point, but what would happen if if in our lives, if we allowed the right people to speak into our lives and not only allowed them to speak, but we listened? What would happen if in our lives we allowed the right people in but not only that we allow them in, but we would take heed to what they've told us and did what they said to do. I know many of you are parents, and that's just a logical place to go. We have children that we tell them not to do something, and some of them are naturally going to do the wrong thing. And they're going to do what you tell them not to do just because we've got to prove that we're right. You know how many times in my life, and maybe you could say the same thing, where you've had to go back to somebody and say, you know what? You're right. I had to do that to my wife uh, about a month and a half ago. We went to a conference in Virginia, and we went hiking. It was supposed to be a short hike. And I'm even saying this publicly. I took the wrong trail. Our short hike turned in about two hours in the middle of the woods in Virginia. We got to the place, and I looked in my backpack because I had a backpack on, and I'm like, well, do we still have water? I'm like, all right, we got water, and we have some granola bars. We could at least make it for a little while. I had to kind of at one point say, oh, you were right. I know men, maybe I should turn in my man card, I guess, but I had to, I was wrong. And we were in the middle of the woods for a long time going, man, we should have been back a long time ago, sweating like, oh, you know, Virginia humidity. We're not used to that, but there's people that I allow to speak into me, but sometimes I don't really want to do what they've, hey, you may want to think of this. You may want to do this. You may want to look into that option there. As we, as we look at all these things, what would happen? What would have happened if Mary told turned to those servants and said, Hey, do what he says to do. And they'd have said, Who are you? Why am I going to do what you just told me to do? You're just... Another person that's here. And I'm supposed to just obey you. Mary said that to them. And by them listening. And by them taking a part of that. And by them going to the water. And filling it up. I don't know how long that took. Each one of those. Is estimated that they were anywhere from 18 to 27 gallons worth of water. For each one of those pots. That's a lot of water. And it wasn't like they just went and turned on the faucet. No. They had to go somewhere to get that water. That's, again, I don't know what they carried, but that took some time from them. But by them doing that, they were able to do what was, what was needed at the moment, and they were able to be a part of not just any miracle. Maybe it's not bringing somebody to life, and maybe it's not we look at it and go, wow, this would have been the coolest one to be a part of. The first miracle but regardless, they were able to be a part of that. And as we look at this, when we look at the idea of water in our lives, and our unknown emptiness, when we need a good feeling more than anything, yet we sit idly by doing nothing, wanting something different in response. We're empty. We don't listen to the people that have encouraged us to do something right or in one way or another, and we want something different. Jesus said, hey, go fill those with water. Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water. It says what? By the word. In John fifteen three. now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So many symbolic things in this passage of Scripture when it comes to the water, when it comes to the wine and all these things, but when we look at this There was an emptiness and God said, Jesus looked at those servants and he said, go fill it with the water. When we are empty and we need to be filled, we need to be filled with the word of God, which is the washing and the renewing of of who we are. It's not just something that we go, oh, it's just a little bit of, you know, we need a little cleaning up. No, God's Word tells us it's, it's, it's His Word. It's the it's the water that's, that's what comes and it cleans us and it purifies us and it, it brings us back to who it is or who He is and it brings us back to where we are and what needs to be. So many times in our lives it's just that simple. We have empty pots. They need a fresh fill of water. And that water being the Word of God. Before we jump into the last point, let me give you a quick statement. When... We are empty, we must allow Him to be our fill. When you and I are empty, we need to allow Him to be our fill. What is it that fills us? When I'm empty and when I'm thirsty, you know what I do sometimes? I go to things that I shouldn't go to. And I think, well, if if I go over here, this will kind of give me what I need. Man, if I go over into this spot, That'll fill that that empty void. It'll fill that that lack of joy. And if I do this, it's fun. All we need to do is just kind of stay where we are and allow God to be the fill that we need to be. And the last point is this, and it's quick. It is the miracle. It is the miracle. Jesus had to fill them before the miracle could be performed. Sure, Jesus could have done what he did back in the Old Testament with Moses and had him strike a rock and then water come out or whatever those were, but Jesus took and he filled the empty pots and out of that came the miracle. Listen, for each and every one of us that sits in this room, out of our emptiness, we need to be filled and when we become filled is when the miracle of our life begins to take place. Many of us, all of us, if you know Jesus Christ as your savior this morning, you were empty and never realized it until somebody lets you know about the lostness, the, the empty void that's within us. And when that empty void became filled with who God is, and when Jesus came and he filled you with his word, and he filled you with his power, and he filled you with, with all of the things that Jesus wants to give us, the miracle began. And you may say, well, my miracle isn't, it's, it, this isn't what I thought it was all about, no, the miracle is this, that my faith shall be sight, that one day the clouds will roll back and I will see an almighty God and I will live eternally with an almighty God. The miracle begins and the miracle starts when you open up that emptiness and you say, God, come and fill me. Until God comes and fills you, you don't get to see the miracle. Because what happens? We look around and we go, well, that dude's just a crazy Christian guy and he tries to believe in all this stuff and, and that's just weird. But when you become filled with who Jesus is, when the word of God comes in and it fills us, we look around and we go, man, that wasn't just a weird Christian dude who just believes on this imaginary fairy tale type of a thing. But that was Jesus who came in and look what Jesus did. Look at the healing that took place in that marriage. Look at the healing that took place in that person's physical life. Look at the financial things that took place. Look at this, look at that, and as we start going through all those things, the miracles pile up, and now we may not look at it sometimes and go, "Well, that's a miracle. No, let me share with you, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of God that some of you sit in this room and you're still married to the same person that you were three years ago when you are on the brink of divorce. It's a miracle that some of you sit in the room even alive after all the addictions and after all the problems that you've had in your life. It's a miracle that any of us would say, he is my father, it is well with my soul. That's a miracle. And if that's the only miracle that we ever get, it's the greatest miracle we could ever have. The miracle doesn't happen though until we get filled With who he is. And here at this wedding, Jesus said, go fill the water pots. And they took a cup of water. That's all it was. And they gave it to the governor. And when the governor drank it, the the master of ceremonies drank it. He said, that's the greatest wine that we've had all day. The good wine is supposed to be at the beginning. And the longer it sits, it's supposed to get a little worse. I don't drink wine. I don't know how it works, but apparently that's what it was. And here he said, man, this is as good as it ever was. This is better. Listen, I've got a lot of notes that I did not cover. And that scares some of you. Many of us sit today. And we would, some would be in here this morning and you're sitting empty. Because you need a Savior. Some of you are sitting in here empty, knowing that you have Christ as your Savior, knowing that, that God is everything, knowing all of those things, but it's just been too long since you've just had a sweet moment with God. And you're like, I don't understand. Listen, listen, get filled. Get filled. You say, Well, I've been trying. Don't stop. Sit down this afternoon, sit down tonight, sit down tomorrow morning, whatever it is, and say, God, I don't know, I don't understand, I feel like I'm doing something, if I'm not doing it right, whatever it is, I need you, I need filled up. God, this morning, I needed him to tell me that I was empty because I didn't know it. And the only way that I could see the miracle on the other side is if, if you fill me up. God, I'm asking for the fill. This morning, this afternoon, Jesus in John chapter 2 took nothing and he created a miracle. He took emptiness. And he filled it with peace and joy. And if you don't know wine in the Bible, the study of it, go and do your study, is joy and laughter. And all of those things are part of the definition of what wine is. So he took emptiness, a water pot that was empty, and he filled it with that water. And out of that, he gave peace and joy and laughter. How many of you went from I can't smile. My life is miserable to Jesus coming in, filling you. And now you have a peace and you have a joy and you have this abundance about you that you've never had before. That's where we are. Jesus, real encounters of the man. As we wrap up this morning... There's a lot of things that could be brought out. We could have gone in deeper depth. I probably could have spent two or three weeks just on this passage and going back and forth. But as we look at all these things, think of you in your own life. It's through the teaching of the Word. It was through the filling of the Word that then the wine or the joy came to us. It is you and I who didn't even know that we were in need? We didn't understand that we were thirstier, that we were emptier, that we needed that feeling. Can I say, there's many around us who don't know that same exact thing. And it is you and I that can be the person that speaks into their life. The miracle starts at salvation. And then it's just over and over and over and over again that we look back and go, wow, look what God did. Wow, look what God did. Wow, look what God did. And we could all look back and go, but I didn't even know that I needed any of that. People all around you don't even know that they need that. And they're waiting for somebody to come into their life To Let them know. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning as we wrap up. I don't know where you are. I don't know if you are sitting here empty this morning. I don't know if you know Christ as Savior and you're just, it's been a month, it's been a week, it's been a year, and it's just tough. I don't know if you sit here this morning and you would say, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and in the emptiness that I feel today is just that. I need that filling. Whatever it would be.